Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that this summer is stressing the importance of being a good steward on the trail, finding ways to avoid contributing to crowding, and staying safe on public lands. We'll talk about how just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department encourages everyone to come out and experience state parks during its centennial season, the 100th anniversary of the state park system, especially through service projects listed online at stateparks.oregon.gov. It's a way to enjoy the parks you love while doing activities like cleaning up trails and restoring wetlands. All right, in today's episode, we've got a good one. We're traveling to 12 of Oregon's best easy backpacking destinations and talking about how to plan and execute the best trip with kids. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, today we are talking about a subject that is very close to me personally the best backpacking trips with kids. Or if you don't have kids, then just consider this great but easier backpacking adventures. Either works. Now, as I've mentioned on this podcast a few times, I have a pair of adventure kids and backpacking might be my favorite thing to do with them because you just can't match the immersive experience that you get carrying camp, food, and everything that you need into the wilderness. It's a great experience that teaches them toughness, a deeper appreciation for the wild than you'll get on a standard car camping trip, or at least that's my opinion. So we're going to talk about how to get kids out there and 10 of the best places to go to make it happen. To help me on this noble quest, I'm joined by a handful of special guests today. My first guest is visiting with us for a second time. She was my co-author on our book, Best Hikes with Kids, Oregon, which you can still find in many fine bookstores. She's also the author of Hiking the Oregon Coast Trail and other fine books. Bonnie Henderson, welcome back. Thanks, Zach. It's great to be here. All right. My next two guests are a first for this podcast and is very exciting. We have two actual real live kiddos on the show who are going to give us advice from their perspective. We've got 11-year-old Mary and Nate. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So Mary and Nate, I want to start with you real quick. It sounds like you guys just have done a fair amount of backpacking with your parents. So what do you like about it? What's tough about it? What, what do you think about backpacking? Um, backpacking is like really fun because you get to just like bring everything that you need into the wilderness. You get to just be outdoors and sleep outside and camp. I think if there's lakes, you can go swimming. When you get to camp, you can eat the food and sleep in a tent at night and look at the stars. Cool. Do you like backpacking better or do you like car camping better? Do you have a preference between those two? Um, I've never really went car camping, so I would assume backpacking. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's better too, so uh, we're on the same page. Well, that's great, and we're going to hear more 
uh, from you guys coming up in just a second. But Bonnie, here, let's start with this. I think we can both acknowledge that it's a decent amount of work bringing kids backpacking. You know, as the adults, you're probably carrying a pretty heavy pack. You know, the, the kids are also carrying a pack. They're marching for a mile or two, maybe even more. And it's never clear how that's going to go for different kids. So the question is, you know, why do it? You know, I mentioned that I really love the immersive experience of backpacking, getting far away from the roads and cars and everything. But for you, you know, why do this crazy thing when they're young? You know, so many things. Uh, for one thing, it gives kids an opportunity to learn how to make their own fun without screens and devices. It teaches them new skills. And then as a result of that, they gain confidence. It's also a fun way to have fun, good way to have fun with your kids without uh, distractions, which is uh, typical of our busy lives. And I think we all just know that being outdoors sort of changes your brain for the better. Uh, that's been my experience my whole life. And I, I think it's true of kids as well. I think it's especially true of kids. And yeah, I totally agree about the distractions. You know, when, you, when you're when you kind of as going as a unit and you're hyper-focused on, you know, getting to your campsite, putting up camp and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the outside distractions definitely fade away. So all right, so before we start listing off our favorite places to go, and all of us are going to contribute to that, including Mary and Nate, I thought I'd start with some tips that the four of us have gained through our backpacking adventures over the years. As mentioned, I have two younger kids. They're five and seven now, but they've been backpacking since they were three and five years old. So based on that, I'm going to have three tips in mind that I'm going to mention real quick. So the first one is that one of the things I've always done is that when I'm putting together the everybody's packs, ahead of time, I put the kids pack together and I have them carry them around the household uh, for an extended period. Maybe go out into the yard, go and play. So then you can kind of get a feel for how the backpack fits, if it's too heavy, too light, and that way you can make changes ahead of time. And so you don't have to do it out in the trail. If it's too heavy, you can do it ahead of time. You really don't want to have your kiddos overloaded. It's If it's too heavy, that's not going to be fun. And so distributing that weight ahead of time is something that I've found helps a lot. Second, and on a similar note, doing an extra bit of homework about the place you're going and about conditions, it's so important. When I head out, I want to make sure I know exactly how far the hike is, how steep it is, and if the kids are based, are up for it based on what they've done before on previous hikes. If they've done three miles, maybe you want to look for something that's closer to like two miles to get into your spot. I also want to check on factors like, are you sure there's a good campsite at your destination that you're likely to get? Do you need a permit? Uh, is it peak mosquito season? Because if it is, that could ruin a trip pretty fast. Um, is it going to be 30 degrees at night and how are you going to stay warm? Can you have a campfire? All of these factors play a massive role in how good a time everybody has. If one, just one of them is off, if you take your kid to Waldo Lake during peak mosquito season and they get carried off by the mosquitoes, you know, that's not great. So doing that, those details, doing your homework, very important. And my last piece of advice is that no matter what happens, no matter how heavy your pack is, or if it starts raining, keep a positive and upbeat attitude. You know, fake it till you make it even if you're not feeling great. Kids are pretty resilient. They're they're up for it. They're gamers. But as soon as the person that is leading the trip starts to show some cracks, that's kind of when things start to go wrong. So, you know, bring a little ibuprofen, maybe just a little bit of whiskey, and then just channel Mary Poppins. <laughs> so that's what I've got. Bonnie, what kind of advice do you have and you and the kids have for, for um, 
for people thinking about getting out on backpacking trips. I, I love that. <laughs> I love your advice. I'm actually going to start by uh, quizzing Nate and Mary because I think they've got some good experience and good ideas. Mary, what do you think, what make what makes a backpacking trip fun or funner, shall we say? I think what makes it really fun is um, if you're going to bring a friend, it, you can just hang out with your friend a lot and go do everything with your friend. And then when you get to camp, if there's like a lake, you can go swimming, fun treats like chocolate bars. Definitely food and, yes. and, and friends is good. Nate, what do you like? What makes a backpack trip good? Like more activities. Like when kids are younger, they don't really like the views as much <laughs> as they like swimming and like maybe there's like some cool snow or something like that. And if like when you're um, at camp, if you bring like lemonade powder or something that's like really light, it's more fun instead of having like plain water. So having special food. I was actually actually going to ask you what kind of food you like when you're backpacking. Maybe I'll start with you, Nate. You mentioned having like instant lemonade that you can put in the, that you don't normally have at home, mm -hmm. or like just something special like gummy bears or like something that you only will get on backpack. And Nate, what about what kinds of things are special for you food-wise? Um, well, like I don't know, chocolate bars, and then there's also like I don't know. Mountain House, which is food in a bag that you just put water in and it tastes like really good food. Yeah, cool. So had, uh, having freeze-dried food is actually a fun treat and something different. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. you guys like freeze-dried food? Like when you have it, like are you like, wow, this is this is great? Yeah, we mostly, like there's a couple that we don't like, but our family mostly will just, like, I think we all like it mostly. You've got a favorite, right, Mary? What is it? Uh, spaghetti and meatballs. meatballs. Mountain House spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. That sounds like their go-to. <laughs> I love it. Um, let me give a, a few more uh, tips that I was thinking about. One is be sure to keep your ambitions in check. Um, you know, go for short and level, a mile in and a mile out, um, not, not a bunch of climbing with, with really young children. Um, and don't expect kids to carry really much more much of anything at all just a small day pack maybe some of their clothing um but as you were saying zach give it a try and around the house and make sure you haven't overloaded them you need to be ready as a parent to be carrying all the gear for a while so uh <laughs> get get nice ultralight gear you also don't necessarily need to buy kids boots i mean people think about all the expense of gearing kids up but they can often use the backpack that they use for school and they can wear their uh, their sneakers um, on most hikes. And uh, finally, make sure that you as the adult are really familiar with leave no trace uh, behaviors, especially how and where to poop. Um, make sure you know what to do. You're modeling for your kids. You're teaching this great uh, skill to them. And so make sure you know what you're doing. That that is so important, and I I almost wish I'd thought of that because we've definitely had long talks about how to go poop out in the wilderness, and you know they started doing it when they were pretty young, and now they're 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 ready for it. They they know you know what to do. They're like, oh, it's time to go. You know, take the little shovel with them, get as far away as they can from you know the trails and the water and. Yeah, that's so yeah. funny. It's a, it's a skill. It's a thing you have to learn. And once you do, you got it. I've been out with these two kids. No big deal. They know exactly mm -hmm. what to do. Yeah, yeah. Learning learning to go to the bathroom in the outdoors at a young age is really helpful. Um, it's so great for my kids because now I can just say, hey, 
go do your thing and and they're set. So another reason to learn this stuff early is that it is much easier later in life. You don't have to relearn it. (laughs) Okay. Well, so now that we've talked about some advice for a successful trip, uh, we are going to each pick a few places to get going. Uh, Once again, I should mention the book that Bonnie and I co-wrote. It is called Best Hikes with Kids, Oregon. And yes, it is well over 100 hikes, many of them great for backpacking all around the state, and also has a nice little travel guide for exploring areas like Bend, the Redwoods, Crater Lake, on and on, every corner of the state. So check that out. It's still in a bunch of REIs and local bookstores and places like that. So just a little shameless plug there. So why don't we get rolling and include in uh, in classic or explore Oregon podcast fashion? Uh, Bonnie and I and the kids are going to pick our favorite places. We'll go back and forth. Bonnie, you are the guest, so why don't you lead us off? What is what is a favorite place to bring kids backpacking to get us rolling? Well, one of the first places I took um, my son and his friends when they were really young was uh, along uh, the shore of Waldo Lake. There are several places. Uh, Islet. Uh, trail is one of them or to the uh, South Waldo shelter places that are flat and uh, very short and you're by a lake. It's great. We even brought little fake uh, plastic fishing poles that weren't (laughs) intended to catch fish, but the kids uh, were able to cast into the lake. Um, So I think that's a really great starter place. And I'll just mention at the same time, a little farther is on the other side of the road from Waldo is Bobby Lake, which is a great uh, short backpacking, maybe two, two and a half miles of boring hike in. And then you're on a really cool lake with a nice couple nice campsites right on the Pacific Crest Trail. So um, those are a couple that I would recommend. You do do not want to go to either one of them until about now when the mosquitoes are gone. Anything else to add on Waldo or Bobby Lake, Bonnie? Um, I think that's good. Uh, Yeah, Bobby is just super sweet. And I almost feel... If any of my friends hear me talking about it, they're going to be mad because it's like our little secret spot, which is not really secret, but uh, it's and it's not over, it's not overused. So I don't feel too bad about it. Yeah. You know, the Waldo Lake area for backpacking, there's a lot of trails. I don't that area doesn't get overused um, comparatively speaking. So I don't think it, that's you'll you'll be good there. Yeah. Hey there. So Zach, just jumping in here with a quick update. Since we recorded this podcast, the Waldo Lake and Bobby Lake areas have been closed due to the growth of the Cedar Creek fire. So keep this great spot on the bucket list for next year because it's looking increasingly unlikely to reopen before the end of this backpacking season. Okay, let's get back to the podcast and more great places. All right, so I am going to get my picks started. My two picks are going to be classics of kid backpacking trips in the Salem area. And that's going to take us into Mount Jefferson Wilderness to Pamelia Lake. So that's my top pick overall. And then once you've done that, a great second option is Marion Lake. So starting out of Pamelia, this is definitely a trip where you need a Central Cascades overnight wilderness permit. Now, we've talked on this podcast a few million times about the permit system, so just make sure to check that out in advance, get your permits. But once you do Pamelia, there's just so many things to love. So kind of going down the checklist of things that I think about, uh, it's not too long of a hike, just 2.2 miles to the lake uh, with a slow but steady climb. It's never too steep, uh, so it's not totally easy, uh, but it's not too hard. 
Uh, I also love that you're going along this beautiful creek through old growth forest that's very shady. Uh, so there's lots of fun things to check out on the way on the hike itself. Then you get there, there's established campsites all around the lake, a great day use area. There's a nice shallow entry uh, pool for young kids for swimming. Um, so my kid, my daughters, when they were young, they would just splash around in that water. There's great logs to play around on. Uh, there's decent fishing. And then, you know, the scenery, if the kids like the scenery, uh, Mount Jefferson rises right over the top of the lake. Um, and so there's great scenery. There's fun thing. There's a little waterfall just up the trail. So Pamelia is about as close to a perfect kids backpacking trip as I've found. And I'll quickly mention Marion Lake, uh, which has a lot of the same great things. It's very close. It's also in the Mount Jeff wilderness. You do need a permit, but it's three miles to hike in instead of two. It's a bigger lake. So, you know, it's, it's a good like second one. If you've done Pamelia, this is kind of a, another like step up, I guess I'd say. So that's what I've got for my first picks. So Mary and Nate, what place do you guys want to mention? What's a good place that kids will have fun if they go backpacking? Um, one of my top picks would be um, Three Mile Lake. And mm. it's pretty short. It's about like one mile in, one mile out. And like I said earlier, there's a lot less views and like there's more like stuff to do. Like there's a lake, sand dunes, there's forests. Talk about mention where it is. Do you, uh, I um, can tell you it's in, yeah. it's in Oregon Dunes uh, National Recreation Area. It's a little north or south, uh, north, I think of Reedsport. Yeah. And, um, like, I remember when I first went there, it was one of my first hikes. Uh, there were, like, huckleberries, and we just picked those for a while, and it was fun. That sounds like fun. So is the lake kind of, is it forested? Is it surrounded by dunes? Are you hiking in on the sand? Tell me a little bit more about, like, what you're seeing when you're there. Well, it's, like, you first hike in in, like, forest-ish, and then you go to dunes, and then you'll see this lake. Cool. So it's like a it's like a huge sand beach surrounding a lake, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah oh, that sounds. Jump in. It's it's um right on the Oregon co a really great spot if you're walking the Oregon Coast Trail. It's very close to the beach, so you can walk over a dune and then you're on the beach. Um, there's actually more camping in the Oregon Dunes uh, National Recreation Area. You can pretty much do dispersed camping there, which is about the only spot you can do that um one of few spots on the oregon coast so yeah three mile like i'm definitely seconding his uh, his choice i think it's a great spot there's there's camping above the lake on kind of a knoll and then there's also camping right down on the lake shore cool that that also sounds like one i gotta check out with my kids wow fun all right well that that's a great pick nate uh bonnie you're up with your your second one what do you got this one I do feel a little iffy about recommending because it is very popular. I wanted to mention a place or two near uh, Mount Hood. Um, and this is Lower Twin, uh, which is not too far from government camp. It's about a little over two miles in. Uh, you don't hike too much. It's uphill about 650 feet. Um, so it's just kind of that sweet spot for younger kids who, you know, if you don't want to go too far, it is very popular as a result. So I would suggest trying to avoid the weekends um, and even consider now September is going to be a really nice time to go there before it gets too cold. Uh, but it's lovely. You're right on the lake. There's lots of different campsites all the, all the way around the lake. Uh, if you want to do some day hikes out from there, you can do that. The trail continues on. It's popular for a reason. It's a real nice, really nice place to uh, for perhaps a first or second backpack trip. 
but it's not you know i never think of it as being totally overrun like uh you know mirror lake and no. some of the other really famous places so like it might be well known but it's not like it doesn't get slammed by like the masses right i think that's true mirror lake yeah is another yeah great spot but it does get slammed and uh there's so many people who know it as a day hike laura twin is not as popular as a, as a day hike so uh yeah, it's just that there are a number of campsites around it, and if you get there on a busy Saturday, you might not get one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to dive into my second pick, and this one is an old favorite of mine, and this is actually going to be a longer drive, but it's totally worth it, and I'm taking this out to Strawberry Lake, which is the centerpiece of the Strawberry Mountain Wilderness area, which is out in eastern Oregon, just outside John Day and Prairie City. So again, starting on my checklist, we've got a pretty easy, it's a long drive, uh, but it's a pretty easy hike to the lake. It's just a little over two miles. And the lake is just stunningly beautiful. Um, Can't stress that enough. It's just huge mountains all around it. You're kind of like in this just beautiful little valley. Um, There's it's a pretty big lake, um, and so there's plenty of campsites uh, on the trail that takes you all the way around it, uh, especially midweek. But again, you're out in eastern Oregon, so you're not going to have the masses uh, around Mount Hood or something like that. There's a lot of fun things to do there, including fishing. There's some pretty good fishing there. Uh, there's fun little creeks that come into the lake that you can kind of explore, and that's a lot of fun for kids. And then apparently, although I've never found them, there are wild strawberries to be found up there that you can eat, which sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite thing is that they're just from the lake. It's, you know, you're not just having the lake just up the trail. There's a great waterfall called Strawberry Falls. And then even better, just a little farther up the trail is Little Strawberry Lake, which is one of the more beautiful lakes I've ever seen. It's got this crystal clear water, huge cliffs all around it. And it's not too hard to get there as for like a nice little day hike, great swimming, uh, and another nice thing is that you can go there a little bit earlier. Like when we talk about the Cascades, I think late, you know, August, September is the best because, you know, you get rid of some of those mosquitoes. You can go to the strawberries, you know, in July. And so it makes a, a good earlier season backpacking trip, in my opinion. So that is my second pick. Okay. So Mary, are you going to give us the next one? Yes. My, one of my favorites would be three finger Jack because like, Every time you go, like every, it's a three-day camping trip, and mm-hmm. every night there's a normally a lake that you camp on, and you can go swimming. And they're not the warmest lakes, but they're fun. <laughs> I think on one on the second day you can go, like it's like a day trip off of the of your walk, base camp. Huh? Of your, yeah. Where you're camping. Yeah, and then you can go up to like kind of the. Not the top of Three Finger Jack, but you can see like the cliffs up there and there's like a lake up there, but it's like not a swimming lake. It's just a really cold lake, but it's really pretty. <laughs> and I don't know, like the scenery changes. It's like on some parts, the trees are just, it's really foresty. And then some parts there's like the trees are a little burnt and there's no leaves on them. Yeah. So, Mary, I think that the place you're talking about is Canyon Creek Meadows. Is that correct? Where you start at uh, Jack Lake Campground and then you go in there and there's there's like a lake and you can go right up to the base of Three Finger Jack. Is that right? Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. And you did uh, two nights out there or three nights? Three. Three. Super cool. 
Yeah, which which reminds me of another uh, one more point I wanted to make. We tend to when we give advice to other families, it's like, yeah, don't overdo it with the kids. You know, one or two miles is good. But it's amazing what a lot of kids can do. If you overdo it, you're going to wreck it for them. But Nate and Mary, you know, Mary's out there four four day backpacking trip, no sweat. So also don't underestimate what your kids can do. They, they can do more than you think sometimes. Awesome. All right. Well, that's a great start. We're going to take a quick break now to hear from our sponsors. When we return, we're going to add another handful of destinations and tackle the thorny question of whether to bring your dog with you on a backpacking trip. So that's when we return. So stay with us. I'm Sarah Gafori with American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. I moved to Oregon because of my love for the outdoors. It also inspired me to go to law school and pursue a career in environmental law. At AFRC, I have the pleasure of advocating for science-based forest management throughout the West. Protecting our public lands helps achieve important conservation goals, including clean air, clean water, and robust wildlife habitat. It also helps provide renewable, climate-friendly wood products that we all depend on. We strongly believe that active management of our public lands is the right thing to do for the environment, for the economy, and for our future. Learn more about AFRC at amforest.org. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. The last two years have been tough on the beaches and trails of the Tillamook Coast. With more people flocking to the area in search of outdoor activities comes a spike in the appearance of trash along roads, trails, and beaches. Be part of the solution and make a point at helping curb this problem. Dispose of your trash and designated receptacles and practice leave no trace visitation. Make it a habit to bring a trash bag along in your hike or beach walk and pick up at least three pieces of trash along your way. It may seem like a drop in the bucket, but every little bit makes a difference. Learn more about how you can help by visiting www.tillamookcoast.com and downloading the Tillamook Coast Pledge. You can help preserve the legacy of beautiful trails and beaches for generations to come. All right, welcome back. Well, one of the questions families and backpackers frequently face is whether to bring along the family dog on a backpacking trip. I know there are strong feelings on this topic, but it also kind of depends on the dog. So Bonnie, Nate, Mary, where do you guys stand on this topic? Do you bring Fido? Do you leave him at home? Does it depend on the situation? Where do you stand? Okay, well, like with a dog, like, it depends what type of dog you have, of course. Like, if your dog's, like, a little more lazy, I wouldn't bring him because sometimes they'll ruin your hike. <laughs> or they'll be, like, amazing. They'll be awesome. Like, if you're trying to go on, like, a short trip, minimal, like, not much stuff, like, it's fun to bring a dog. But, like, if you're going on, like, a pretty long trip, it sometimes can be get a little hard if you have to like carry out their poop and stuff <laughs> shorter trips are a little nicer with the dog 
It depends. Yeah. Mary. Um, I would, yeah, like going on a shorter trip with your dog would be much better. And also when we went on a trip and there's like sandy trails and it was hot, they'd like burn their feet on the sand. So you'd probably have to like bring like dog shoes and put them on their feet or like, I don't know, go in a shady spot for them so they can walk in the shade and not burn their feet. And I don't know if there's not like water, if you have to bring in water, then I wouldn't bring them because then you'd just be giving your dog a lot of water. And Well, those are both really thoughtful answers. So what I'm hearing is that it's very situational dependent. You know, maybe there's good dog trips, maybe there's not, but you kind of got to plan it in advance to kind of decide if, if they should go, right? I love hiking with my dog, but I'm not a big fan of backpacking with my dog, just for all the reasons the kids mentioned. Also, you're the adult, so when something goes wrong, uh, <laughs> we tried taking our dog up on the Pacific Crest Trail near Belknap Crater. What a dumb thing to do on a hot day. Her feet were burning up. Um, once our dog got a yellow jacket sting, a yellow jacket had gotten into our tent and freaked out in the middle of the night. And oh, no. oh my God. So we've had a few little disasters with the dog. And, I just don't, I don't want that headache personally. So I, for me, I would come up, I'm very thumbs up on hiking with dogs, but I'm not so much into backpacking with dogs. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to have to agree with the kids a little bit. And so I've got a gigantic dog. He's kind of a lovable idiot who weighs over a hundred pounds. And so my idea for bringing him on backpacking trips is that if it's a situation where I'm pretty sure there's going to be very few, if any other people, then, I, then I'm into it. And it, it fits the criteria that you guys mentioned. Uh, so if we go midweek, if we go to a really remote place, he loves to come. It's fun to bring him. However, if there's a place where there's going to be a decent amount of other people or other dogs in particular, you know, the dogs might be barking at each other. I'll, I'll probably just leave them at home. So for me, it kind of depends on whether it's a crowded place or a quiet place as far as when I bring because he's kind of a giant dog. Some people are intimidated by him and, you know, some dogs want to bark at him. And so I just try to avoid that situation. So that's my deciding factor. But overall, it's probably in the right situation, but veer towards being a little wary. I would, I would second that. Yeah. All right, so Bonnie, you are up. What is your third pick for a great kids backpacking trip? So this is a place I have hiked, but not backpacked myself, but have thought, wow, this could be really good for a very young child's first backpacking trip. So that's my caution. I haven't tried it, but on Old Salmon River Trail, um, again, on Mount Hood uh, near uh, Welch's, the trail, there are lots of places to uh, a lot of little trail access points to get to Old Salmon River Trail. There are a lot of places where you can camp. So it's, a, and you're near the creek, which is really pretty. And it's great sound listening to the river all night. So like for a first little one night one with even a four or five-year-old, if you're going to start um, young, it's something to think about, Old Salmon River Trail. That sounds great. And that's that's nice old growth forest up there too, isn't it? It's gorgeous old growth forest. And the other nice thing about it is if you're in Portland, it's not a very long drive. And mm -hmm. it's that's really a plus. 
Gotcha. So are you thinking most, you know, you could get into some good campsites, like with like a mile or even less? Oh, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So that's that's great for even the, for like the youngest of the young backpackers. Exactly. All right. Well, for my third pick, I am going to bring us back to the Central Cascade Mountains and take us to the Matthew Lakes, which are a pair of alpine lakes in the Three Sisters Wilderness just off Mackenzie Pass. Once again, you do have to get a permit for this one. And although you start from either the Lava Camp Trailhead uh, for a three-mile hike into the lakes, or you can start at the PCT Trailhead on Mackenzie Pass for a four-mile hike into the lakes. Now, that's actually important where you start from because it's hard to get permits from Lava Camp Trailhead, but very easy to get them from the PCT Trailhead at Mackenzie Pass. So I kind of refer to it as the extra effort loophole. If you're willing to hike that extra mile, it's a lot easier to go even on weekends. So North Matthew is the largest of the two. Uh, It's a little bit more protected in the forest. Uh, It has more campsites. There's actually seven established campsites, and it's kind of rare in a wilderness area, but there are seven campsites that you have to camp in. You can't camp anywhere else, Um, and they take you away from the lake a little bit. Um, So if I'm with kids, I'm probably going to choose North Matthew. Uh, if you want to head up to South Matthew, that's just, it's a little more than a half mile up the trail. It's a more scenic lake, but it's a little more exposed. It gets some wind up there and you know, there's, there's only three campsites up there. So what's fun about North Matthew is that it's just a beautiful lake with super clear water. It's great swimming, especially in the, in the heat of summer, there's good fishing, uh, actually caught a decent amount of brook trout, uh, fishing up there. And then there's a fun, if your kids love like little rock scrambles, this one has a really great one. There's a lava flow on one side of the lake and you can kind of rock hop and scramble up to the top of that. And you are rewarded with a really amazing view of the three sisters of Jefferson of Washington. So overall, it's just, it's a great trip. Uh, Make sure to get your permits in there. Uh, I'll add that campfires are not allowed here and that mosquitoes are apparently pretty awful until you get to that late August time when they start dying off at night. So those are my caveats, but definitely a great place. So that's number three for me. Bonnie, what do you got for number four? Well, um, and this is another place that I have camped on, but not with kids. Uh, The shore of Timothy Lake, which is not remote, but I thought this would be a really fun uh, backpack with kids. If you start at Little Crater Lake, this is on uh, just the southeast uh, slope of Mount Hood. Little Crater Lake is an amazing teeny lake that is the most amazing color of blue. Uh, there's a campground right there. You could leave your car. You hike past Little Crater Lake um, through a meadow, through some forest. You get to, I think it's called Crater Creek. I was just looking it up. But anyway, you cross along it and then uh, not too far. It's only about a mile total. You get to the shore of Timothy Lake. Now, Timothy Lake is access accessible. People boat on it, um, paddle boat on it there. You'll see people there. So you're not going to a remote place. But there are a lot of decent places to camp along the edge. You can stop after one mile. You can go farther than that. You can go as far as you want. And uh, it just kind of makes for a fun weekend. Um, You can get in the lake, swim. And you, again, it's not too far from Portland, so it doesn't require a long drive on a, uh, on back roads. And is there just like a giant trail that surrounds all of Timothy Lake and brings you to all these different little campsites? I think there is a trail all the way around, but this is the backside uh, that I'm taking you on and it's part of the Pacific Crest Trail. So it's the uh, more remote side, so to speak. It's not uh, um, uh, where everybody drives up to. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge lake too, isn't it? 
Yeah. And yeah, actually, I mean, the, uh, you can walk around. The, you can walk around the whole thing. You're right. I did that once with my sisters about 13 miles or something. It's kind of a fun thing to do. But just taking this little piece of it on the uh, east side of the lake um, and camping there, which is a little farther away from other people, is quite fun. Cool. All right. Well, we are at number four. And my fourth pick, I'm going to stay kind of in the same area that I've been talking about a lot uh, in the Central Cascades Wilderness areas. And one I just took my kids to is Linton Lake, uh, which is also in Three Sisters, right off Mackenzie Pass Highway. Uh, another place you need an overnight permit to visit. I'm, I'm going to mention the overnight permit things because I kind of like, I know they're controversial. I've covered both sides of how people feel about the permits. I kind of like them because you don't have to worry about getting a campsite. You know, it's designed to only allow as many people in as the area can accommodate. And so to a place like Linton Lake, you know, I don't have to worry about losing out or not getting a campsite because, you know, only so many people can go in there. So that's that's kind of my my thoughts there. But it's two miles in from the trailhead uh, to the lake's uh, really nice campsite. And uh, you may be noticing a trend. I think pretty much all of mine are between two and three miles to get to the place and then the same out. So they're about four to six miles total. I found that's kind of the sweet spot uh, for kids my age anyway. Uh, Linton's another really beautiful mountain lake. Uh, it's in this tight little valley. But the thing I loved about this one was its campsite. So you hike in, it's kind of cool. Then you drop down and the campsite is right along uh, the trail where Obsidian Creek bubbles into the lake. And there's just like huge logs spanning across the creek. So it seems like little bridges. Um, there's a little sand beach out on the lake where you can go swimming. There's tiny frogs all over the place uh, hopping around this time of year. So, you know, it's fun to see the little wildlife and stuff like that. And then if you have older kids and you get a little more ambitious, you can explore further up. And that's going to take you to Linton Creek. And there are some truly gigantic waterfalls hidden in the forest back there. The trails are pretty steep, a little bit sketchy. So I'd say it's more for older kids. But when you have all that stuff in one place, you've got the pretty lake, you've got the easy hike, you've got a fun campsite, and then you've got these kind of adventurous, um, you know, waterfalls. That's that's a pretty good collection of stuff. Um, we got hit by mosquitoes pretty hard on the way in, but the lake itself and the campsite was pretty good. It was it had some nice uh, breeze blowing through it. Uh, and yes, you are allowed to have a campfire here, which, you know, for me, I love having campfires in the wilderness with my kids when when it's allowed and when it makes sense. And this is one of those. So Linton Lake is my number four. Bonnie, you're bringing okay. us to our final one. What you got for our your last pick? I got to say, I had to kind of stretch uh, because all the places you had in mind are, are really the top ones I would have mentioned too. Linton Lake's <laughs> a great one. Um, but, you know, another kind of fun short one, again, with young kids is Larison Cove, <clears throat> excuse me, which is not too far from Oak Ridge, again, accessible to Eugenians. It's a, co a finger of Hills Creek Reservoir. It's just about a mile and a half, fairly flat hike in. And it's along the water. Um, it's just, and it's got two or three little play, little campsites at about mile and a half. So it's a nice, quiet spot um, to take a, a first backpacking trip or so, maybe even a second. Um, you definitely want to check to make sure that the it's the time of year when the lake is full because they drain the reservoir in the winter. So you'd want to, it's really loses a lot of its charm when the water's uh, down. Layers and go. I feel like I've driven past that a number of times. It's not too far from Eugene, too. It's pretty accessible, right? Yeah, it's quite accessible. Again, not a long drive. Mm, cool. All right. Well, for my final pick, I'm headed to uh, Southern Oregon. 
and the Southern Oregon Cascade Mountains uh, in a place that I've always loved and one of the first places I really got into backpacking and fishing, and that is the Sky Lakes Wilderness. Uh, as the name suggests, it's it's full of lakes. I think I tried to add them all up at one point and came up with like 85 lakes or something in 85 named lakes in this one wilderness area. And the place I'm going to recommend is called uh, Blue Canyon Basin Trail. So no permit required here. Uh, it's it's a ways, you know, it's a, it's a drive. It's kind of in the prospect area, uh, which is south of Crater Lake. So that's the area that we're talking about. Uh, the trail, you know, from the top, it actually drops downhill about two miles uh, to Blue Lake, uh, which is the most scenic in the area. It does have a handful of uh, camping spots. But if you strike out, because this area can get a little popular in the late August and September, uh, there are two other really large lakes very close in uh, Horseshoe and Pear Lakes. Both of them are excellent to put down a tent. And there's really good fishing, like I mentioned. And then it's just fun to explore all the different lakes in that area because you can hit Blue Lake, Pear Lake, Horseshoe Lake. And then if you want to go a little farther, there's a place called Island Lake. Um, and that one is also worth exploring. It's fun to swim out to the island there. <laughs> Uh, so there's just, there's so much stuff to explore out there. It's, it's pretty fun. Again, if you go in June or July, you are going to pay the price though. The mosquitoes here are brutal. They, they can definitely put a damper on a trip. They may pick up small children, carry them, drop them in the water. So just fair warning. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've got for the Sky Lakes Wilderness. All right, Bonnie. So do you have any other places you want to mention? Any other wisdom you want to impart? Uh, kids, you want to throw in anything else that you thought about places tips anything like that uh no Nate. um i haven't thought of any i'm good right. oh, do you have any more ideas zach yeah i'm gonna add a few other places uh these are places that i've heard are great i haven't necessarily all the places i mentioned are places i've personally backpacked most of them with my kids but i have heard great things about blue and corrigan lake in the diamond peak wilderness uh indigo lake uh, near Tipinagos, um, which is, geez, that's south of Diamond Peak also. And then Benson Lake, which is in the Mount Washington wilderness. And then if you want to get a little more adventurous, one of my favorite places that you can do year round is Pine Flat on the Illinois River Trail in Southern Oregon. That is a wild and rugged trail, but it's only about five miles to Pine Flat. So that's a great one for older kids. And then out on the coast, we didn't have a ton of uh, coastal ones, but the Drift Creek wilderness in the summer Sounds great. I've only gone there in the winter, um, you know, when it's kind of this rainforest. But in the summer, if you go down there, you can kind of splash around in this little like rainforesty creek. And that sounds really great. I haven't done it, but I want to do it. So there are many, many other places we could probably keep going for a while. But uh, that's what I've got. So once again, I've been talking to Bonnie Henderson. She's the author of a book on the Oregon Coast Trail. We wrote a book about hiking with kids together. Bonnie, thanks again so much for being here. Thanks so much, Zach. It's fun. Yeah. And Nate and Mary, thank you guys so much for being here. You have added a lot to the discussion and, you know, have, helping adults understand the best way to go backpacking. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com slash explore along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, 
beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.